There's a thing on, Adam. Yeah, I don't want to be in the podcast. I don't want you to be in the podcast either, Adam. This is episode 84 of the Dave and Inga Show. Yeah. And we just rolled into Missoula. We're in our hotel room. I think this episode, we're supposed to stick around Missoula, the second largest city in Montana. We get our own private tour of Grizzly Stadium. Neato. We're going to visit a ghost town that used to be the capital of Montana. If you think about it, the whole planet's a ghost town. Right. Imagine how many ghost bugs there are. Right. Well, today we're going to do our top five movies based in Montana. Plus, we're going to introduce you to some interesting Montana folk. Including an outstanding pitcher that was born in Montana. Dave's going to stat kill us on the road. There's sports stats for every square inch of this damn earth, Angus. All right, and I'm going to do a food challenge at a place called Liquid Planet. Right. I'm going to do the Grizzly Challenge. Right. Can't use napkins or silverware. It's a giant burger and some ghost pepper shit. Well, that sounds like a nightmare for you. Yeah, I'm following in the footsteps of the Randy Santel. So we're in western Montana. But it's just week one. Who knows what we'll find? Probably a bunch of museums. Yeah, next week's museum week. And stalking the homes of Celebrities Week. Nope, we are not doing that. It's because I love them, not because I'm crazy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Don't stalk people. Right, well, the next thing you hear is going to be kind of confusing because we recorded it before we recorded this. Yeah. Because this show is fucking highly unorganized, Adam. Yeah. I don't want to be the podcast. Don't yell at Adam. Well, the nice patrons are paying for him to be on the road with us. We have to have a sound guy so you don't delete the fucking show. Yeah. I don't want to be the podcast. You're not in the podcast, Adam. I'm totally in the podcast. I know how to fix this. It's called duct tape. It's the That were filmed in the state of Montana, bitches here. Top five, David Angus, top five for you, for you. Angus and Dave here, and this is the windiest goddamn freeway of all time. Well, we're not even past Missoula yet. Wait till we get towards Butte mm. or Billings. Yeah, I forget you know this state pretty well. well. It's been a few years, but I've got some history here. Well, once your ears get used to the elevation changes every 20 minutes, you know. Yeah. This western side of the state's pretty as fuck, Dave. Yeah, it's been an awesome drive, minus the smell of your feet. You're gonna fucking start on my feet already, huh? Well, the scent of them has already permeated all the cells in my body, so yeah. What the fuck ever. All right, we're doing top five movies that were based in Montana. Yeah. So whether they were filmed there or the movie itself is like supposed to be there. Yeah. And as always, it must be known these are the lists of Tim. Yeah, Tim compiled this for us. So if we're missing important shit, we would like you to direct your ire towards Tim. Who indeed sucks. Right. Isn't that right, Adam? I don't want to be the podcast. You're in the fucking car, Adam. Too bad, buddy. All right, let's just do it, shall we? I was surprised. I thought there would be more movies in Montana, to be honest. Well, there's quite a few. Yeah, but they're not the big-ass movies that you'd think, though. No, there's a couple big movies on the list. Well, let's show the people what we're talking about. What's your number five, Dave? My number five goes all the way back to 1970. We weren't even alive, Dave. What are you doing watching movies from then? This is a movie that my dad made me watch. It's called Little Big Man. Never heard of it. It stars Dustin Hoffman and Faye Dunaway's in it. I've heard of those people. Now, the Library of Congress deemed the movie culturally and historically significant. I don't know why Congress needs a library. It's not like they read. Now, but a liquor cabinet. <laughs> Congress could probably use four or five of those. Now, the movie's about a guy named Jack Crabb who's 121 years old, the oldest man in the world, and he talks about his life. Okay, then. It's been a lot of years since I've seen it, but it was really impactful to yeah, me. We don't want to know the gooey details, Dave. Yeah, yeah. What's your number five? Well, when I first saw this list, I got some major 90s nostalgia because that's mainly what these movies are. Uh, okay. And for some reason, a River Runs Through It, Legends of the Fall, and Far and Away are all the same movie to me. I can't tell the difference between them. Well, they all came out in the 90s and were in Montana. Right, so I think the one that I like the most is the one where Tom Cruise is punching guys in Far and Away from 1992. Now, him and Nicole Kidman, they're like Irish immigrants or something. They just want some of that sweet, sweet land, Dave. Right, in Montana. Not knowing it's the coldest fucking place in the universe in the it, winter. It gets very cold. I noticed that two of those movies are Brad Pitt movies. I think Brad Pitt likes Montana. Right, well, there's a lot of celebrities that actually live in Montana. Yeah, next week, we're going to 
seek them all out. No, we're not. I'm going to Wayne Gretzky's house, Dave. I doubt it. All right, what's your number four? That's the movie Legends of the Fall. Like I said, those three movies are just one big, long yeah. fucking Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt movie in Montana. I really like Legends of the Fall. Don't remember it at all. It also has Anthony Hopkins in it. Still don't recall. I was nominated for a couple Academy Awards and it won Best Cinematography. I remember when I was a kid and it came out, people shat themselves about it. Now, Brad Pitt was kind of becoming a heartthrob and it did make $160 million at the box office out of a $30 million budget. And that was before we saw Brad Pitt's abs in Fight Club. Yes, it is. All right, what's your number four? Well, my number four has a connection to Spokane. Okay. It's called Knockaround Guys and it stars Barry Pepper, Vin Diesel, Seth Green, John Malkovich, and Dennis Hopper. Now, that movie flopped hard. What do you mean it flopped hard? It's kick-ass. Now, unfortunately, I think it had a $15 million budget and it only made $14 million in the box office. Who the fuck cares about that shit? It's probably because the advertising sucked or something. If I remember right, it has pretty low Rotten Tomato stuff. Who the fuck cares and Angus liked it? Okay. I'm just eyeballing it, but I'd be willing to wager it's a five-plus alpha. Right. Well, knock around, guys. They fly into Feltz Field in Spokane, dude. It's the weirdest shit. Yeah, Feltz Field's a very small airport yeah. in Spokane. You don't even know it's there. It's yeah. like next to a 7-Eleven or something. Right. All right, Dave, what's your number three? Now, the movie Star Trek First Contact has a lot of Montana in it. I saw that there were a couple dork movies on there. I'm glad you picked one. Right. Well, in the movie, they land in Bozeman, Montana. Isn't that near Butt, Montana? No, don't start that. Butte, Montana. Whatever. All right, so the Star Trek movie. Now, Star Trek First Contact came out in November 1996. All right, my turn, my three. Now, what you got? Well, the movie's called Shooter, and it's starring Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I think I remember that movie. There's a sniper movie, and Angus has seen it and liked it. Right. Well, we should do best sniper movies. Enemy at the Gates. What's going to beat that? Enemy at the Gates. Oh, that's that World War II movie, right? Yeah, about the badass Russian sniper. Yeah, I did like that movie. It was tight as fuck. What's your number two? It's 2015's The Revenant. Or the Revenant? Yeah, it's a movie where Leonardo DiCaprio won his first Academy Award. Added DiCaprio. Also, Tom Hardy's really good in it. Isn't that the one where somebody gets mauled by a bear or some shit? Um, it's based on a novel, but it's based on a 1915 poem about a guy named Hugh Glass, a oh. frontiersman, in 1823. Uh, do I look like I give a fuck about that day? You look like a guy whose feet smell like he dipped him in dog diarrhea. Well, with just a hint of burned hair for some reason. Yeah, yeah, my turn. All right. I guess I'm stuck in the 90s. This one's from, like, 96. It's called Broken Arrow. Isn't that the movie about the stealth bomber or something? It stars John Travolta, Christian Slater, and motherfucking Howie Long, bitch. Oh, yeah, that's right. We should do top five Howie Long slash Brian Bosworth movies, Dave. Okay. Or how about top five movies starring former athletes? All right, well, we're doing our top five movies in Montana. And I don't remember Montana being in the movie, but it says so on the list, so. I don't even remember watching that movie. I have it on VHS somewhere, Dave. Yeah, I bet you do. All right, honorable mention Montana movies. Well, Jurassic Park actually takes place in Montana for a minute. Oh, yeah. As you guys will learn next week, there's a lot of fucking dinosaurs in Montana. There's all sorts of fucking mean-ass animals in Montana. All right, so Jurassic Park and then 2016's Arrival. Is that an alien movie? It's, it is. It's a fucking awesome movie. I love it. I don't know if I ever watched that one. I saw another movie called Arrival. Yeah, you're probably thinking of The Arrival with Charlie Sheen. Fuck yeah, where the aliens, like, break their knees backwards to walk around like people or some shit. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about Arrival with Amy Adams. Right. Also, Forrest Whitaker and Jeremy Renner. All right, Dave. That's your honorable mention. Yeah. Also, Forrest Gump kind of takes place a little bit in Montana. I was just surprised of the lack of Kevin Costner movies. Yeah. He shot a movie called Open Range in 2003. One Kevin Costner movie? There's two Brad Pitt movies, Dave. Yeah. And at least one Vin Diesel movie. Right. They should do Riddick in Montana. No, they shouldn't. When they do Riddick 9, it should be in Montana. Why? So Vin Diesel can beat that fucking Kevin Costner, Dave. Whatever. All right. What's your honorable mention? Well, my dad used to make me watch Lonesome Dove, so I kind of liked that, you know, oh, just nostalgia y. Right. But I don't remember a fucking single episode. Okay. But I do remember 2007's The Contractor. I think I remember that. It's Wesley Snipes doing his thing, Dave. Okay. It was never in theaters, but Wesley Snipes had to pay back a bunch of money, so I think he did a bunch of movies like this. Right, right. Fucking government. They want you to pay taxes. So they can buy $1,200 toilet seats and pass the savings on to the military industrial complex, Dave. Right. So The Contractor with Wesley Snipes. Yeah, there's for sure at least one scene in Montana. Right. And it was on the list. On the Tim list, but whatever. I saw the movie, I liked it. Right. What's it about? Wesley Snipes being a badass. All right. Well, that leads us to my number one.
one. Your number one is? The Shining. What you talking about, Dave? Um, I know it wasn't on Tim's list, but it was filmed somewhat in Montana. You're going outside the list. Now, the movie's based in Colorado, but there's moments that are filmed in Montana. And you know this? I do know this. How? It was a helicopter scene. It was actually used in Ridley Scott's mm. Blade Runner in the alternate, like, happy ending scene. Fucking Daveopedia. What, what about a happy ending? There's an alternate ending of Blade Runner that's happy. Not a robot jerking a dude off? No. Well, I feel like you screwed us with the technicality, because that shit's in Colorado, Dave. Yeah, but it was filmed in Montana, Bartley. Well, then so was Blade Runner, I guess, apparently. Yeah, but not in the movie that people saw. Whatever. All right. My number one. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Well, it's called The Patriot, and it's starring Steven Seagal. I thought you would say that. Now, it's kind of controversial as a Steven Seagal fan because he barely fucking fights a guy in the movie. Really? Yeah, in like 90 minutes, we get like maybe 10 minutes worth of hand-to-hand. How disappointing. Yeah, it's definitely not my favorite Steven Seagal movie, but... It's still your favorite Montana movie. Montana was graced with the presence of a Steven Seagal. Right. I didn't like that movie. Well, fuck your face, Dave. Right, well, that's our top five movies based in or filmed in Montana. And once again, Dave's list was dumb, and Steven Seagal wins the day. Well, yeah, can you find a rest stop with a low grizzly bear attack probability ratio? I will do my best, because I got a piss. The Dave and Angus Show will return right after these important messages. Quick, find a better podcast. New from Scatech. Oh, here we fucking go. A revolutionary sanitation tool. This can be a jetpack with a vacuum and like a mop on it. No, we don't do that. I've seen the Scatech jetpack mop vac. I didn't really get past prototype. It probably killed people. Yeah, mainly pets. Oh my god. But we have the best cleaning product for you. What? The new Scatech sponge. Okay. Yeah, here, hold it. It's a sponge. It's just a sponge. Yeah, we don't always have to put jetpacks and everything. This is literally just a sponge that's mm. been around forever. Yeah. Isn't this an animal? This is an animal. I think it is, yeah. How is this new? I didn't say it was new. Well, why are you pitching it to me like it's new? It may have to do with a mix-up in shipping. You got shipped a bunch of sponges. So fucking many. Then you can't send them back. Scat Tech cleaning sponges. They're just sponges. Some sponge company has our jetpack parts. And now a message from former Creed frontman, uh, Scott Stepp. The new tour is starting. It's still available for children's parties. But no longer bachelorette parties. And check out the new solo album. Check out the new single and video, Higher Power. Where he takes the piss out of himself, where he does that Jesus Christ pose, but then it kind of is confusing, so it kind of almost seems like he's not. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Remember to look for Napalm Records' new release of Scott Stepp's solo shit. Mm. Can you take me higher parts three through seven? Nice. Napalm Records, get some stap in your ears. That new Scott Stapp song's heavy as fuck, bitch. Sports ball. I finally get a segment. Sports ball, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sports ball. It's about cool sports stats. Sports ball, fucking yeah. Sports ball. Let's learn about statistics. Let's do sports ball things. Sports ball on the stack kill. Scat cast, stat kill. Sports ball, yeah. This is scat cast, stat kill. Dumb. Is it on, Adam? It's on. That means you're in the podcast, bitch. Now, Dave and Angus here in Missoula, Montana. We're actually on the University of Montana campus. And we're just walking on the field in the biggest stadium in Montana. Now, we're at Washington Grizzly Stadium. And Dave and I saw a Pearl Jam concert here in like 1997 yeah. for the Yield album. Well, I've seen several football games here, too. Well, Davidpedia, how many people can it hold? Presently over 25,000. Oh, yeah? And what sort of grass is this, Dave? Well, it's called field turf. So it's fake shit. It is. It's very expensive fake shit. All right. Well, we're walking around this fucking empty-ass stadium, and we're going to talk about what, Dave? We're going to talk about a guy named Dave McNally. Dave McNally. He's one of several athletes born in Montana that went on to do great things. Well, tell us what he did. Well, he was part of something very, very special in the late 60s and early 70s. Did his family invent the road, Matt? Uh, uh, Rand McNally. No. Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. He was one of the best pieces in the best four-man pitching staff of 
of all time. Of all the time? Even the dinosaurs didn't have a better pitcher, Dave? Uh, well, arguably of all time. What the fuck are you talking about? Imagine a Tyrannosaurus Rex throwing a baseball, uh, Dave. Dave McNally was a left-handed pitcher who made his debut in 1962 for the Baltimore Orioles. That's not Montana. Uh, he would spend the majority of his career in Baltimore. Okay. Uh, now, he's not a Hall of Famer. When his name went up for a Hall of Fame vote in 1986, he only got 2.8% of the vote, which is not enough to get in. Well, shit. But it's likely because his career was cut short due to arm injuries, and he was mm. done by 32 years old. He retired at 32? He did, but he was amazing in his prime. Well, tell us how he do. Well, he was a three-time All-Star, a two-time World Series champion. Getting them rings. And while he never won a Cy Young Award, which is for the best pitcher of the year, he got second place in 1970, nice. and he was fourth twice in 1969 and 1971. So he'd just show up to the award ceremonies in a suit and shit and be like, ah, fuck. Well, anyway, he was also fifth in the MVP voting in 1968. Fucking I. Basically, from 68 to 1971, he was dominant. Adam Montana. During those four years, he had 22 wins on average per season and a 2.82 ERA. Well, that's a bunch of numbers. What's that mean? Well, ERA stands for earned run average. And what is that? Well, it's a pitching statistic that you get when you divide the total of earned runs allowed by the total of innings pitched and then multiplying by nine. Why are they doing calculus in baseball? The stat measures a pitcher's effectiveness. Mm -hmm. That's basically the average of how many runs are scored on a pitcher in a game. Oh, said earned runs. What are earned runs? Well, those are runs that a pitcher is responsible for. So uh -huh. if he walks a guy and the guy scores, uh -huh. he's responsible for that. If a guy hits a home run, he's responsible for that. Uh -huh. But if an error occurs, like a catcher misses a ball or overthrows a guy, mm. he's not responsible for that runner anymore. Okay. So if the runner scores, that's an unearned run. My head hurts, Dave. Well, anyway, earned run average is going to be important to this stat kill. Remember to carry the five. So like I was saying, Dave McNally between 1968 and 1971 was dominant. A 2.82 ERA. Okay. So anything under three is considered very good. Under three is good of era. Well, now, in Dave's career, he led the league in 1970 with 24 wins. I feel like that's obviously good to win. Well, a pitcher receives a win when he is the pitcher of record when his team takes the lead for good. I see. And there's a minimum of five innings pitch required to get a win. And he won the most when people had big, bushy sideburns. Well, he led the league in wins and starts that year with 24 and 40 respectively. Oh, I'm glad he was respectful. In 1971, he led the league in winning percentage, winning 81% of the time. Fuck yeah, Montana. And he finished the year with a Another 20-win season going 21-5. and five. What's a 5? Well, 21 means wins and 5 means losses. I learned. Now back to ERA. What are you, a seal? I was scratching a record for the... Okay. In 1968, McNally had an ERA of 1.95. Well, that's lower than 3. It's very good. It's usually something that would get you to lead the league. Which is where that money's at. But pitching was at its peak, and that year he was 4th behind Hall of Famer Bob Gibson, who was number 1 at 1.12. He averaged giving up only one run a game. We'll talk about Bob Gibson in the future. Oh, you fucking tease. Well, that one. 0.95 ERA is the 267th best all-time. Well, that's hardly noteworthy. Well, out of 20,000 players, say maybe eight, 9,000 of them are pitchers, and, you know, all those players had seasons, so it's pretty good. All right, I'll give you that one, Montana. Well, McNally also led the league in 1968 in a category called WHIP, Whip. which just stands for walks and hits per inning pitch. Well, that sounds kind of easy. Usually the people that lead the league are right around one or under. All right. And, of course, less is better. Right, so how'd McNally do? Well, for reference, one of the greatest modern pitchers of all time and greatest pitchers of all time, Jacob deGrom has a .9931. That's his whip. That's for his career. All right, the lowest whip in the modern era is by Pedro Martinez in 2000, and he did a .7373. All right, numbers. But in 1968, Dave McNally's .8425 is 22nd of all time. Montana. 
It just meant not a lot of people were getting hits on him or getting walked. Well, that sounds like boring-ass baseball. You want a pitcher with a low whip. whip. And like I said, in 1968, McNally led the league in whip with .842. Out of do. Major league hitters couldn't hit him, and the collective batting average against him was .182. Shit. So in baseball, we say it a 182 batting average. That fucking guy. So we had a .233 on base percentage against him, too, which meant when somebody stepped up to the plate against him, they had a less than 25% chance of getting on base. Well, he should probably have his face on a stamp. Like I said, his career was cut short due to injury. He had arm injuries. That sucks. But he finished his career with 184 wins. That's good. And he actually has the 87th amount of career shutouts all time with 33. How to do? All that to say, he was a pretty damn good pitcher. That seems to be the rumor. He was also known to be a really good man. Oh, phew. Now, his former Hall of Fame manager, Earl Weaver, said this about him. Mm. Dave was an unbelievable competitor. Dave. He did it with cunning and intelligence. He loved to set you up with a change fool you with a tremendous curve, and then throw the fastball by you. Mm. Plus, he was 100% gentleman. He was the kind of guy you wanted your son to be. Ah, but ah, Earl Weaver. Now let's talk about this incredible pitching staff that Dave McNally was a part of. Oh, goody, there's more. I hope there's more numbers. Let's begin in 1969. Yay, numbers. This amazing Baltimore Orioles pitching staff were still two years away from history. I'm not following. But they were pretty awesome this season as well. Tell us how they be. Well, this would be the beginning of their three straight American League championships. That'd be pretty good. And they would win one World Series out of it. Very good, I guess. But in 1969, they had McNally, who won 20 games. For Montana. They also had the Cy Young Award winner that year, Mike Coyer. Simply the best. And he won 23 games. Why, that's more. But they also had a pitcher named Jim Harden, who won 18 games. Nice. A guy named Tom Phoebus, who won 14 and pitched a no-hitter. That's where nobody hits and everybody's bored. And they also had future Hall of Famer and three-time Cy Young winner Jim Palmer, who won 16 games. So they were fucking stacked. They were. Uh. In 1970, they would win the World Series. Get that ring. But in 1971, they had a record breaking season that will never be matched again in history and has only been done one time before. Oh boy, oh boy. They had a starting pitching rotation of four men. All right. Former Cy Young winner Mike Coyer. Remember that name? He had 20 wins and an ERA of 3.08. As always, that'll be on the test. They also had a pitcher named Pat Dobson who had 20 wins and a 2.90 ERA. Okay. Then they had future Cy Young winner Jim Palmer with a 20-win season and a 2.68 ERA. Fucking Dave. And then there was McNally who, despite missing five weeks due to tendonitis, which meant missing 10 starts. Well, he had a 21 win season with a 2.89 ERA. Lots of numbers. Well, they became the second pitching staff in the history of baseball to have four 20 win players. Fuck a duck. The only other team to do it was the 1920 White Sox. Mm. So it took 51 years. Dave Math. And because of the way baseball is now, it'll likely never happen again. Ah, but ah. Now, that pitching staff was so good, they had a collective ERA under three at 2.89 in 1971. Well, shit. Sadly, they lost in Game 7 of the World Series against Pittsburgh in kind of a heartbreaker. I doubt Pittsburgh is sad. But the 1971 or Orioles are considered the best four-man starting rotation of all time. And Dave Montana was a big piece of that. He was. In his career, in his prime, he would have four consecutive 20-win seasons. Killed it. And be a part of that historical pitching staff. While being a gentleman. That's right. Sadly, he passed away in 2002 at the age of 60. Oh, that's And that's this week's stat kill on Montana's Dave McNally and the 1971 Baltimore Orioles. Fucking night. You know what I think of when I look at this stadium that we're walking in, Dave? Not much that. Well, let's go back to 1998 when this place was fucking packed with Pearl Jam fans. First fucking show of the tour. Right. I'm with my pregnant wife, Bojo. Yeah. You're fresh off of losing your baseball dreams. Yeah. And we got the stadium seating for some reason. We want to be on the floor. We did, yes. But about halfway through the show, we fucking illegally jumped the barrier and jumped down from the stadium seating onto the floor and ran to the front of that fucking stage and yeah, yeah. marched my ass off, Dave. I remember. Right, so if you were there, I was one of those guys. Yeah, you left your pregnant wife behind. Yeah. All right, well, this has been Stack Hill, and now on to something else. Non-sports related. After these messages, we'll be right back. back.
bitch. Hey, Scriptkeeper here to tell you about Scat Soap. Oh, it's fucking poop shape. We here at Scatcast tell a lot of poop jokes. It's insufferable. But we also know how to get you clean. This is the weirdest podcast. And I'm not fucking around when I say we actually sell soap. Wow, this poop soap actually smells really good. Yeah, Steve, we buy this shit from Amara B and pass the savings on to you. It's actually very expensive. Oh, fuck. I'm well, kidding. It's reasonably priced as fuck. What? I'm sleeping with the lady that runs the company. Oh, shit. Anyway, we really have soap. We have Dr. Schmoky Scat Soap. And it really seriously looks like poop. <laughs> yeah. Quite the conversation starter, I guess. Or relationship ender. It's multi-purpose, Steve. Yikes. But we also have Dr. Schmoggy's Minoc Ejecta. Gross. And Gormac Poodoo. What the fuck is a Gormac? It might be Garmac. I'm very lazy. What are we doing with our lives? I'm selling soap with my podcast, Steve. Yikes. But I'm telling you, every time you use this soap, you can think about Scatcast and how we're making your butthole clean. Yikes. And proceeds of the soap go to me. What a great cause. Yeah, because the depression's coming, and yeah. I want you guys to be clean. Mm-hmm. Be clean and listen to the mm-hmm. Scatcast. I will sell you soap, and then I will make you feel dirty. No, I see what you've done. I'm an evil cunt, Steve. Yep. And if you think about it, I'm probably the only soap company that's ever advertised by saying I'm a cunt, Steve. I'm sure that won't haunt you in the future. <laughs> right? Wait, what? Nothing. Dr. Schmogie's Scat Soap by Scatcast. Ugh. Wash your dick and or lady dick with our podcast soap. What a weird world. Clean your junk with our shit! Now back to the Scatcast Network, Dave and Favorite celebrities from Montana that we just learned about from a Tim list. Tough. David Angus Top 5 For you For you Alright, we are in big sky country, so we are doing a lot of walking in fields. Now we are in Bannock, Montana, which used to be the capital a long time ago. And now it's a ghost town. And there's like 50 or 60 fucking buildings preserved from the time period. Yep, and we are the only ones here. We're the only living folk in the ghost town, Dave. Now, which means we can't go inside any of the buildings. You'd think so. Instead, we thought we'd talk about top five Montana celebrities. And these are people that had to be born in Montana that can't live here because every fucking rich person lives here. Well, and they all have tea at Ted Turner's house. Now, this little town was started way back in the 19th century when there was gold discovered here. But not any kind of gold. A fuckload of gold? It was 99% pure. Well, fuck. And around 400 prospectors made this place their home. Until they figured out how cold as fuck it is. Now, it was also very lawless. There were lots of robberies and holdups and murders. And by the looks of a lot of these buildings, lots of ladies of the night. Yes, indeed. But this was the capital at one point. And it shall be the setting of our top five famous Montana folk. It's an interesting list. It's an interesting Tim list. So if we forgot somebody that's, like, real important to the, like, history of humanity or some shit, send by boxes of your own excrement to no, care no, of Tim no, P.O. Box. No. You're right. We should send it to his home address. 2-4. No, no. I'll start it off. My number five is mm. a tie. Ah, Dave. And I have to be honest. I didn't know who either of them were until I looked into them. I still don't know who they are. Well, the first one is an animator, director, writer, producer, voice actor named Brad Bird. Was he related to Big Bird and or Larry Bird? Right. That comment sent a wave of cheese bumps down my spine. Happy to help. Brad Bird is a genius. He created great things like the Iron Giant, one of my favorites all time, and the Incredibles, another favorite. Those are good. Also, Ratatouille. Oh, I love that movie. And he won Academy Awards for Incredibles and Ratatouille. Well, shit. He was born in Montana, but he grew up in Oregon. So, Bradbury. And I also want to mention in the same breath, Bud Lucky. Bud was lucky to get the name Bud Lucky. That's pretty great. He was pretty great. He was an animator, artist, cartoonist, composer, musician, voice actor. He did so much. We should put him on a stamp. He was a character designer for stories like Toy Story, Toy Story 2, A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Cars, and Ratatouille. I'd say it's possible that Brad Bird and Bud Lucky knew each other and both made up names for each other. Oh, I'm saying Bud Lucky, but it's probably, it's L-U-C-K-E-Y, it's probably Bud Lukey. Oh, shit. I'll look at your face, Dave. Right, well, anyway, both of these guys are incredible and both Montana-born. They're responsible for a lot of the things I allowed into my brainy sacks and my children's brainy sacks. Yes, they are. Illuminati confirms, Montana. Right. 
Well, anyway, all right. What's your number five? Well, I did not know this gentleman's name until I looked at the list that Tim gave. Yeah. His name is Dirk Benedict, Dave. Okay. And he was born in Helena, Montana, which is the capital here, Dave. It sure is. Now, a lot of people would recognize him as Lieutenant Starbuck from the original Battlestar Galactica. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. But Angus puts him high upon my top five because, you know, he was face in the A-team, Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking dun 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 motherfucking dun dun motherfucking dun dun you fucking dun dun yeah. Right. I was right in my face. That was for the inflectionals. Dirk Benedict is your five. He was all over TV. Charlie's Angels, The Love Boat, Hawaii Five-O. This guy was all over your childhood, Dave. I remember. Well, you can thank Montana for that. Much appreciated, Montana. All right, my number four. Give it to us, Dave. It's a musician, photographer, artist named Jeff Ament. All right, who does he sing for? He's a bass player and he's in charge of a lot of the art for Pearl Jam. Oh, that's right. He was the guy that taught us all to wear pajamas to school. I, I don't know what that means, but okay. He's from Montana, huh? And then he moved to Seattle and became a major part of the community there. Yeah, Pearl Jam's kind of a big deal, huh? He was in some crazy, crazy pre-grunge, pre-Pearl Jam bands like Green River and Mother Love Bone. Oh, fuck me. And he's also the co-writer of huge Pearl Jam hits like Jeremy, Nothing oh, Man, wow. Oceans, Dissident. So you're saying he has a nicer house than most bass players? Yeah, probably. All right, fuck yeah, Montana. Yeah, he often did a lot of the artwork. We talked about the Yield album recently, and, you know, he did the album artwork. For that. All right, Dave, calm the fuck down. All right, number four. Now, let's hear it. Oh, I wish one of these outhouses was open. Yeah. Angus might have to defile this former state capital. I don't think that's a good idea. You're always saying that. Now, there are 83 podcasts before this one that you can go back to and listen. Uh, and, you know, you can see that, well, you always say stupid shit. Whatever, Dave. No, you're very consistent. I appreciate that. All right, who's your number four Montana celebrity? Patrick fucking Duffy, Dave. Okay. Best known from the Thank Goodness It's Friday TV show. <laughs> yeah. Step by step. Oh, yeah. Montana was behind our childhood, for fuck's sake. Yeah, well, I think my favorite role of Patrick Duffy he was a leg of a monster in South Park. Oh, yeah, I remember that early on. I thought he did a wonderful job. Okay, Patrick Duffy. I have no idea if he did anything else ever again, but, you know. All right, my number three. Yeah, buddy. Dana Carvey. Really? Yeah, he was born in Missoula, Montana in 1955. Well, he's kind of a fucking big deal. I guess so, yeah. I mean, the church lady, Dave. Yeah, yeah. His Ross Perot and George Bush impressions, Dave. Yeah, more stuff from our childhood. Fucking Wayne's World, Dave. Yeah, yeah. And to a much lesser extent, the Master of Disguise, Dave. Yeah, I never saw that movie. I'm certain it's for people that are high as fuck. Okay, well, that's my number three. All right, I'm surprised at you, Dave. Very respectable list. Uh, well, bite me. All right, my number three is Peggy Hill from King of the Hill. What are you talking about? Peggy Hill, the wife of Hank Hill from King of the Hill, Dave. Uh, she's a fictional character. She's a cartoon character. You're a cartoon character. Uh, okay, all right. Number three, Peggy Hill. She said she was from Montana in the show, man. I'm uh, just saying. All right, somebody fact check that. Okay, Adam, you want to fact check that? I don't want to be in the podcast. Then shut the fuck up when I talk to you, Adam. I don't want to be in the podcast no, again. I don't feel like you understand how podcasts work, bud. All right, on to my number two. Now let's hear the bullshit. That's uh, David Lynch. I feel like I've heard of him. Well, he's known for being a filmmaker, but he's also a painter and a visual artist and musician and even an actor sometimes. Busy fucking dude. Well, in 1970. Seven, he made the cult classic Eraserhead. That movie's weird as fuck. He was also nominated for Academy Awards for things like Elephant Man and Blue Velvet, Mohone Drive. Calm the fuck down, Davidpedia. We're walking around a fucking ghost town. Chill out. And he you? also made 1984's Dune. I did not like that movie. I know. He made Lost Highway. And he also came up with Twin Peaks, the TV show. Well, creepy ass shit, Montana. <laughs> right. Where was he born? In Missoula. Well, pretty opposite personality from Dana Carvey, but Illuminati confirmed. Max. Okay, what's your number two? All right, well, I probably shouldn't admit this one because my wife will probably make me sleep on the couch for a week, but Tara Patrick. Tara Patrick. Well, Dave, you might recognize her from such films as pornography. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And Angus would like to say for men everywhere, thank you, Montana. Right, right. She's actually married to the lead singer and vocalist of Biohazard. Remember them? Oh, yeah, I like Biohazard. Basically, Montana had all the elements of the 90s covered for you. <laughs> right. They had one of the greatest musicians around. They had one of the greatest comedians. They had a guy that would fucking creep your ass out with a racer head. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you could 
could finish off your night with an award-winning pornography actress. I guess so. I salute you, Montana. Yeah, we still got a little bit left. Dave, I'm going to break into that outhouse because I got to piss like a motherfucker. No, we're not breaking into shit. I don't need a shit. I just got pissed. Right, just hold it. Where's like a gas station not too far from here? Whatever, bitch. My ween spigot's at its limit. All right, we usually do honorable mentions. I got to say Dave McNally, the baseball player. We just talked about him. I learned about numbers. Now, in that vein, I also got to mention Adam Morrison, an amazing basketball player who played at Gonzaga in Spokane. He mm. came from Montana. I remember that hippie. Amazing score. Did amazing things in college basketball. Amazing, amazing, Dave. Dave, 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 Angus. Don't Kirk my hammock like that. What's your honorable mentions? Well, like all of this trip through Montana, I've learned. Right. Like about Brad Bird and Bud Lucky. Yeah. Never heard of those motherfuckers, but they are very important to my life. I would say that they are. But I found a man named John Nord, a professional wrestler that I think he had an interesting career. Okay. He went by the Barbarian, also the Berserker, also John Nord, also Nord the Barbarian, also the Viking, and also Yukon John. All right. He started in 1984, ended in 1998. That's a tough business. Old John Nord was six foot eight, 323 pounds. Wow. And he was in like every wrestling league that there ever was. There's like places where he was like, hey, you got a backyard? Let's throw up a ring and fight. Okay. Dude, John Nord had a hell of a winning streak in WCW until fucking old Goldberg came around. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I know, and that's why you're a bitch. Right. All right, my number one is Phil Jackson. Why do I know that name? He was a former NBA player and also one of the most successful coaches in the history of NBA basketball. Oh, he's a guy that got money because Michael Jordan was badass, no, right? No, he was an excellent coach and he also happened to be the coach of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan could have won a few championships if you put raccoons in a trench coat as a head coach, Dave. Phil Jackson had a really cool approach to basketball. He was a very calm dude. Or at least he tried to be. He brought in some really interesting things to basketball. He probably knows how best to watch people get dunked on from the free throw line by Michael Jordan. Well, he was a good enough basketball player to play for 12 seasons in the NBA. No shit. Where he was on two championship teams. That's pretty damn good. But again, he's a Hall of Fame coach where he won 11 more. He won 13 overall NBA championships? Yeah. Cracky fuck bits, Montana. That's pretty good. Yeah, which included six of those with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. All right. When you put it all like that, you're pretty right. Okay. Pretty good. But my number one still tops him. Okay. Your guy's in the Hall of Fame. So's my guy. All right. But it's a motorcycle Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Born in Butt, Montana. Butte, Montana. The greatest stunt performer in the history of the planet fucking Earth, Dave. Okay. Evil Knievel. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, I think I've learned that between Montana and Australia, most of the 80s and 90s entertainment was made by those two places. What? Look into it, Dave. No. No, thank you. Whatever. Evil Knievel is the epitome of fucking dedicating your shit to people, man. Like, he gave his body to folk. Right. That guy broke every single bone in his body except for one little pinky bone, and then he looked at his son, Robbie, and just broke that bone just to say that he broke it. There's no way that's true. I made it up on the internet. I hate that you do that. But shout out to Robbie Knievel, because he's a badass, too. Well done, Montana. Yeah. And we walked around a ghost town, and apparently none of the ghosts want to be outside, and we can't go inside, so this was, you know... We're getting a lot of exercise. Right. And dear listeners, don't be mad at me and or telling me, but I think I'm going to piss on the old capital of Montana. Angus. Yeah, that's probably smart to do that. All right, well, here's the end of the show. Thank you. I think this is going to be the last bit for Dave and I today. Now, we're still in Missoula, Montana. This is the end of week one. Come back next week for more Montana. Now, we are currently at the Liquid Planet Grill. And I have before me my first food challenge in a bit. Now, you're supposed to eat this in 20 minutes. I have before me the Grizzly Challenge. And yes, Dave, 20 minutes I have. Goddamn. They fuck you up in Montana with their burgers, Dave. Were those sandwiches stacked on top of the burger? Well, my friend, let me teach you how Montana do. The Grizzly Challenge is two gourmet sandwich melts 
on top and bottom of a goddamn giant cheeseburger. I see that. We got all sorts of delicious cooked meats on there. Yeah. Plus cheeses and bullshit vegetables, including bullshit tomatoes. You always do that to yourself. Yeah. This whole challenge is four pounds, including one pound of fries. Yikes. And a whole shitload of these boneless ghost pepper wings. Oh, boy. If I eat it in less than 20 minutes, I get a $20 gift card, my $35 meal for free, my face on the wall of fame next to Randy Santel, right. and a sense of satisfaction that I wrestled a grizzly to the ground, Dave. Okay. Well, you're not allowed to use napkins because you're supposed to eat it like a bear, I guess. As a hands-only affair, I imagine the ghost peppers are going to be tough. Now, they're going to fuck you up. So before I dig into this shit, I got to thank the fat cats, Matthew Pernar, Jason Clayser, Lucifina Lightbringer, and also boop, 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 Jasper Garland, Donald Fisher, and David Carpenter, plus Justin Hooper, Jake Fav, and Ryan Myers, and welcome new fat cat, Joe Labardi. You guys paid for an Angus to go to Montana. And to eat four pounds of food in one sitting. Wherever I get the food free, if I win. Now, thank you, patrons, for the $35 that he's about to waste throwing it down his gullet. Whatever. If you don't have to be a fat cat to support us, you can spend a dollar. Yeah, a dollar a month gives you access to the Dave and Angus Watch video program. Video program? What the f- Remember the video series? I don't know. $5 gets you the inside scooper. Yeah, that comes out most Mondays. You get some bonus kids cats. Plus the inside shit bosses meeting. There's also some behind the scenes stuff. And $100 a month gets your name chiseled into Zach's tombstone when he dies. Weirdest perk ever. Yeah, huge thanks to the trusted turd triad. Oh yeah. Don at Facebook in the shitbox. Chris at the Discord Dookie Slayer. He's in Discord, obviously. And Bodie, he's yeah. everywhere. Now, huge thanks to our trusted turd herders, PJ and Minnie at the subreddit for Skycast. Thank you for herding them turds. Yeah. It is weird to work for a poop-based company. Yeah, big thanks to the Order of the Elder Turds, all of our patrons that have been around a long time. And thank you to all our new patrons. Keep that shit coming. Now, we appreciate you. We hope you find all the bonus content fun. There's like a hundred things in there. It's a lot. Big thanks to David Carpenter. He does a bunch of stuff on Facebook for us. The Scat Meme Group and the Scat Gamer Group. Now, big thanks to Lucifina Lightbringer. She does the Scat Cast Crafters Group. Jose Montez doing the Jargoneers. Yeah, place for the Just to Ride podcast. Plus, I gotta send it up to the Meme Army. Yeah, it's so much fun. I know there's a lot of you, but so far I see the officers as Corbino, Labardi, Funky, Montez, Mr. Sweeting, Carpenter, Fisher, and Captain Dick Kicker. Easy. Now, you guys are amazing. Yeah, let us know who the other officers are on the front lines of the Scat Smearage, yeah, you know? Right, right. Well, info at scatcast.com lets you get a hold of us. Yeah, enough. Today's the day that you rate or review our podcast on whatever platform you're on. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's a huge deal. All right, Dave, I've got a sandwich to eat. You ready with the timer? I am. All right, quick prayer to the food gods. Yeah. Flip the hat. Okay. Here we go, Dave. Ready? I'm ready. Yes. Three, two, one. Yeah. Oswald. There he goes. There he goes. Yeah. And he's digging in hard. Just eating that grilled cheese sandwich on the top there with the meat in it. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah, it smells very good. You make it look terrible, though, but it smells very good. Yeah. As always, we probably don't need to linger on him just making obscene barnyard animal noises as he you know, consumes this enormous amount of food. All right, we'll be right back. 19 and a half minutes later. I can't get enough fucking milk, Dave. God damn it, it's so fucking hot. I don't think you're going to be able to do it. I got, still got half the fries and all the tomatoes in I can't believe you. Yep. Oh, it's too hot. I can't believe you got through the ghost pepper. I can't feel my face, Dave. Yeah. Oh, good news is, probably after the first blast, I won't be able to feel my ass either. On that note, you eclipsed the 20-minute mark, and you did not succeed. Ah, shit. Right. And I think this is about the most sweat I've seen you sweat so far. The new napkin thing is torture. I've got ghost pepper sauce in my eyes and my face. Yeah. God damn it, Dave. Help me. I'm fucking all over you. I can see, Dave. Fucking can I have some napkins now? Yeah. Here you go. Shit's burning my fingers. Yeah. Another food challenge dominated by the food challenge. Oh, fuck you, Dave. And again, 
thank you, patrons. We couldn't do this without you. We are more Montana next week. More Dave and Angus Watch next Monday. Now, thank you for listening to week one of Montana. I haven't been punched in the face yet. No, but you did take an inappropriate dump. It snuck up on me. I didn't know I had to go number two. I thought it was just a one. Right, next to an outhouse in a ghost Who town. Who locks the door to a ghost town outhouse, Dave? Who's going to break in there, a ghost? No, they probably don't want people shitting in it. So now they have shit next to it. Thank you for listening mm-hmm. to episode 84 of The, the Dave and Angus Show. See you next week. Yeah. Are, we, are we cut? Yeah. Adam, bring me some fucking napkins and some baby wipes and some milk and whatever the fuck else you can find, Adam. You're not a podcast at all, kid. It's the Bing, bong. I'm still mad at Jose Canseco.